Amen. Good morning, church. What a start to Easter Sunday morning. He has risen. Amen. My mom used to tell me when we were young, she used to come into our bedroom on Easter morning and she yelled, he is risen. And we'd respond, he is risen indeed. So let's do that together this morning. He is risen. Amen. Now let's do it like we mean it. He is risen. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. This is the centerpiece of the Christian faith. The resurrection of Christ proves who Jesus said he is. Proves the Bible and its accuracy. It proves our faith is in Christ, that we too will be resurrected and one day be with the Lord forever. Amen? If you're a guest this morning, we are certainly glad that you came this morning. We are are excited um, about what God is doing here, something special at Northwest Baptist. This today is the culmination of churches around the globe in which we celebrate the resurrection of Christ. This is the central claim of Christianity, that a man who had been confirmed dead got up out of his grave by his own power. He walked around talking to hundreds of people who knew him, hung out with them, ate dinner with them for about a month, and then he ascended back into heaven. Our faith in the person of Christ is anchored in the event of the resurrection. Guess what we're going to talk about this morning? It is the resurrection. The Bible says that and if Christ had not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Those who also have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, We are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. That's from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 17. And I just want to be clear this morning before I get started that we're not talking about some spiritualized resurrection but a bodily resurrected Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. It would be like going to a friend's funeral on Friday, seeing his lifeless body there at the funeral service, watching him be buried six feet under the ground, and then Monday he comes by your table at Dunkin' Donuts and says, hello, how are you doing today? That's exactly what we are talking about. You see, If Jesus did not rise from the dead, Christianity is just like every other religion in the world. But if it's true that he did rise, the resurrection changes everything and it should change everything about our life. Amen? We believe who Jesus says he is because of the resurrection. We've been studying these last few weeks who Jesus says he is by the seven I am statements of the book of John. In the previous 
few sections, we saw Jesus say that he is the light of the world. He said, I am the light of the world. He tells us he's the good shepherd. He says, I am the good shepherd. And this morning, we're going to look at a passage in which Jesus declares, I am the resurrection and the life. I'm preaching this sermon this morning with the same intent that the Apostle John had when he wrote this book of John, the Gospel of John, in which he says in John 20, 31, that you, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So if you'll turn with me to John chapter 11, That's where we're going to read from this morning. That's where we're going to preach from this morning. John chapter 11, the Pew Bible in front of you, it's on page 897. And a longstanding tradition here at Northwest is to read the very word of God, the authoritative word of God, standing up in honor of the reading of God's word. So if you'll stand with us and turn to John chapter 11, we're going to start in verse 21. As Jesus has a conversation with Martha, his friend, about her brother, Lazarus, Jesus declares something very important here that we all need to understand. John chapter 11, verse 21, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Amen. That's the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Let me pray for us as we get started this morning. Father, we thank you for this Easter Sunday. We thank you that family and friends and our loved ones and people that we have met and our church is gathered here together to worship you to recognize who you are. And Father, we, we pray that our hearts would see who you are and be changed by the power of God. Father, you would open our eyes to see the glorious grace and the glorious great act of your son coming to give his life for us and then the power of God to resurrect him from the dead. Lord, help us to see who Jesus is so that we may follow him, love him, honor him with our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My wife and I, Jordan, um, we lived in Thailand for two years after after college. and, And one of the crazy things about living in Thailand was the traffic. Um... They drive on the wrong side of the road, literally on the wrong side of the road, the left side. Stoplights are just a suggestion, and um, they rarely slow down in tight places, even if there's people walking or, 
or whatnot. Um, my brother Jeff was, was with us this day, and, and I was uh, going into the 7-Eleven. Believe it or not, they have 7-Elevens in Thailand. I was going into the 7-Eleven, and you have to put minutes on your phone just to call people. So I was putting some minutes on the phone. You got to buy this card, scratch it off, and then they have to type it in. It's, it's a wild process, but you got to buy minutes at the 7-Eleven. And so Jeff and, and Jordan and, and, and our Thai friends were walking back to our home and they were going down an alleyway. And I'm walking out of the 7-Eleven enjoying my day and I see this 6'4", my brother Jeff, 6'4 man running outside down the street. Now, I've said this before, but anytime you see a grown man running outside, if it's not an exercise or an athletic event, it's probably not a good thing, okay? Just to make you aware of that. And he begins screaming and yelling, and he says, she's been hit. Jordan's been hit. And I, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, what is he talking about? And he, he, he walks up and he opens his hand and in his hand is, is her sunglasses and pieces. She's been hit by a car. Now, you can imagine the panic at that moment. Just seeing the broken pieces of my life just looking up at me. And, and, and some of us in this room are, are, are at that place today with the broken pieces of our life, not knowing what's going to happen, being anxious or fearful about the future, maybe even terrified about what happens next. We might even say, some of us in here, that we have no hope. This is where Martha is in her life when she comes to Jesus, with her brother Lazarus. She's in a state of shock. She's in a state of panic. And back to the story, so... So I become the awkward 6'4 guy running down the road, right? And uh, down the alley. Now there's two awkward 6'4 men running as fast as they can. My mind is swirling. I get to the top of the hill and I see my wife standing up. And I began to breathe then, right? <laughs> she's talking to this truck driver and she's explaining the story to me while I'm trying to catch my breath. The, the truck driver hit Jordan square in the back and lifted her up off the ground, and she went to the left. Her sunglasses went straight ahead, and the truck driver ran over her sunglasses. I think if we went around this room this morning, each of us could probably tell a story of maybe a near-death experience or a time of tragedy in our own life or and I guarantee each person, when they saw that, looked at their life a little bit differently than before. What it means to live. And maybe even their mind goes to what happens when they die. But Jesus says there is hope. You don't have to look at the broken pieces of your life and not know if there is hope. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He says, I take that which is dead and make it alive. I am the God who gives life. I have conquered the death. And eternal life comes through me. This is what Jesus says to Martha at a time of panic. 
at a time of anxiety. Just to give you some context about what this passage has been, Jesus has been revealing himself to the people, who he is. He's had some friends, Lazarus, his family, his, his two sisters, Lazarus's two sisters, Mary and Martha. And the sisters send word to Jesus and the disciples, and they say, Lazarus is very ill. He may even die. You need to come and heal him. I've seen you heal people. You need to come and heal him. Jesus says, I'm, I'm just going to stay here a couple more days. And he comes, but it's too late. But God's never too late. He's always right on time. Jesus comes to the house of Lazarus, and Lazarus is dead, but he comes to show that, that he has power over death. So turn with me to verse 21. Let me read that again to you. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here as Jesus arrives, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. This is our first point this morning. I want to summarize that statement for you. I am the resurrection and the life. The Lord, the capital L-O-R-D, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the God who brings to life that which is dead. Jesus declares from himself that he brings to life that which is dead. This is what God does. Jesus, the story here, we're not going to read it today, but the story ends with Jesus walking up to the tomb. And he says, open the tomb. Roll the stone away. And they're like, no, 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 no. He's been dead for four days. He's been dead for four days. It's going to have some kind of smell. You don't want to open that. Jesus says to Lazarus, come out. Lazarus comes out and is raised from the dead. You see, I am is the term that God used as a name for himself. When he spoke to Moses, he says, tell the people, I am has sent you. You see, God has no beginning and no end. He exists. And with these I am statements, we see Jesus is showing the people that he is God. He is the word made flesh. He is the great I am. He's shown himself to be the light of the world. He is the pillar of fire by night that, that, that guides the Israelites through the wilderness. He is the good shepherd. As David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, what is he saying when he says, I am the resurrection and the life? How is he revealing to us that he is truly God? I looked this week at the Old Testament to see where does God talk about the resurrection and the life? It's all over the place. Job talks about the resurrection. The prophets, Elisha and Elijah, resurrect people from the dead. The story of Jonah points us to the resurrection. When Jonah is, is swallowed by the whale, he's in, in the belly of the whale for three days and three nights, and the whale spits him out. It's a picture of the resurrection. But Daniel, the prophet Daniel, says something 
that caught my attention as it relates to the resurrection and the life that God brings. Daniel 12, 2 says this, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. You see this picture of the resurrection. But I want you to notice one of those words on the screen. The word dust. You see, he's talking about the dust of the earth. And the dust of the earth, God does some amazing things with the dust of the earth. If we go back to the beginning of life, what would, do we see God doing with dust? Genesis 2, 7, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living creature. God literally makes a clay figurine from the, the dirt of the earth, and then he brings it to life. He breathes life into it. Yahweh, God, the great I am, breathes life into Adam. And guess what happens then? Man's with God in the garden. But guess what? Man rebels against God. He takes the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God said that if you eat of this tree, you will surely die. And now, guess what? He is cursed. He is cursed as a sinner, and now he must die. We are all under that curse. We are all sinners who die, deserve death. And guess what? He is banished from the garden. The curse of sin is death. We will all one day die. I don't think there's anyone that would argue that. As someday we will be put into the ground. But guess what? God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. The punishment given to Adam is death. Genesis 3.19 says this, By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. You see that narrative? Not a lot of hope there in that narrative. You work real hard your whole life. You return to the ground, to the dust. This is the curse. This is what happens to Lazarus. But you see, God shows us something here in this text and in this story that he is not the God of the dead. He is the God of the living. God resurrects the dead. Jesus has the power over death. You see, resurrection is a curse-reversing act of God. He takes that which is dead and brings it to life. Jesus breaks the curse of sin which is death, and gives new life. This is how Jesus can say, I am making all things new. 
1 Corinthians 15, 21 says this, for as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ shall all be made alive. Jesus is saying that one day I will restore you back to what I created you to be in the Garden of Eden. Before the fall, you will be with me. You will not die because I have made you live. I have made you new. I am the God of the living. Do you believe this? Because if you do, it changes everything about how you live. Look at the second part here. I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. This is our second point this morning. Jesus brings about new life. God not only resurrects that which is dead, but he brings the new life. You see, the curse of death is actually an act of grace. Did you say that correctly, Rob? The curse of death is an act of grace? You see that in this section, though he die, yet he shall live. I don't know about you, but in this world, I see a bunch of brokenness, a bunch of pain, a bunch of sickness, agony, old age, and then death before the Lord takes us to be with him. And guess what? Our death is actually an act of grace. Who would actually want to live in this body forever, in this sinful body full of brokenness? This is the one of the reasons God kicks Adam and Eve out of the garden so that he will not live forever in this state, in this sin, in this broken world. Genesis 3.22 says, Then God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Now lest he reach out his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. You see what happens here. God resurrects us from the dead when we pass from this life and he makes us new so that we can eat of the tree of life and be with him forever. Who would want to live in this sinful state forever? No, we want to live in our new resurrected body for all eternity. The Bible even says that we groan for, for that new body. Romans 8, says this, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the, day, in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Guess what? I'm, I'm now actually closer to 40 than I am 30 I played some pickup basketball the other day, and I thought to myself, man, I am 
going to be sore for the rest of my life. What is the deal? My wife likes to remind me that I'm not as young as I used to be. I wait for the new resurrected body, amen? The story came out the other day. I don't know if you saw this, but Joaquin Phoenix, a Hollywood actor who was playing the role of Jesus in a, in a film called Mary Magdalene. Haven't seen the movie, don't know if you should, but he said he would not do what Jesus did and rub mud in the eyes of someone born blind while reenacting a healing based on John chapter 9, which is right before this happens. He said, I'm, I'm not going to rub mud in someone's eyes. Phoenix said to the press, why would Jesus take dust from the ground, wet it, and plate it sit in the eyes of one born blind? You see, Jesus is giving this man new life by this creative miracle. Jesus is literally showing everyone, I am God. I am the one who made you from the dust. I will create a new eye for you from the dust. I will resurrect and give life. He's making all things new. Let me ask you this morning, do you believe in the resurrection power of God? If Jesus can make this guy who was born blind see, can he change your heart? Can you open your eyes? If you're stuck in addiction, can he heal your marriage? Can he resurrect? your job? Can he give you new life, a clean slate? If you do, it changes everything. If you believe Christ, it changes how we live. This is our third point this morning. It comes from this last part, whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Verse 26, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And then he says, do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God who is coming into the world. This is our third point this morning. Eternal life comes through faith in Christ. Eternal life comes through faith in Christ. That he is who he says he is. That he is the resurrection and the life. That he has paid for your sin on the cross and has the power to defeat death. Has the power over sin and that you no longer have to be under the curse of sin. That you can live with him forever in eternity. Guess what? We see Martha here. We look at the story and we see this woman and we see her faith. She proclaims Christ. She says, yes, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God who is coming into the world. I believe that you're the Messiah. I believe that you came to save. 
Guess what? She proclaims her faith before Lazarus is even raised from the dead. She proclaims her faith before Jesus is crucified and resurrected. She has great faith. Does she not? She has great faith. But for some, the resurrected Christ is a bit more difficult to believe. Maybe for some, it's because some of the things the Bible teaches are, seem hard to believe. Maybe it's the worldwide flood and the animals coming into the ark two by two or, or Joshua and, and the walls of Jericho tumbling down as, as men just shout loud sing to the Lord. Walls just fall down. Maybe that's hard for you to believe. Or maybe it's the presence of difficult teachings that the Bible talks about, like hell. Or maybe you have questions like, why is there a loving God and yet so much pain in the world? And you have legitimate questions, and you're not sure about those questions. I believe that the Bible has answers to all those questions. But what it really comes down to is, do you believe that Jesus said who he says he is? Do you believe in the resurrection of Christ? Because Jesus says he is the one who brings life to that which is dead. He is life. You see, Thomas, one of Jesus' disciples, he was a doubter. And why did he doubt? Well, I think one of the reasons why Thomas doubted Jesus, because his whole world was shattered. Everything he thought that God would do He had in his box that God is going to do this. The Messiah, the Savior, I'm following him. He's going to be victorious. He's going to be all of these things. And he sees him on the cross. He sees him humiliated. And he says, what just happened? His world was rocked. His Lord was humiliated and crucified. And yet when Jesus comes to Thomas, I think we can learn something here. Don't miss this. He doesn't address all of the doubts that Thomas has, all of the reasons for the doubt of Thomas. And I'm not going to address all of the doubts that you have. But Jesus confronts Thomas with the fact of the reality of his resurrection. He says, place your hands in my side. See where they nailed me. You see, this is what he does with Martha. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Now watch me raise Lazarus from the dead. You see, Christianity did not begin with people who believed in something, but people who saw something. They saw the resurrected Lord. Over 500 people saw the resurrected Christ and then gave their life for the gospel. It changed their heart and mind. You see, the fact is that Jesus died on the cross for sinners. He conquered death. He conquered sin. And that those who believe in him may have life in his name. This is the message they proclaimed. The resurrected Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And why would they do that? Why would they do that if it was not true? Why would Thomas... Take the gospel to India 
Why would he be speared to death on a hill outside of Chennai for preaching there if he doubted the resurrected Christ? Peter, one of the other disciples who denied the living Jesus three times, why would he be willing to die for someone he knew was dead? That's because they saw something. They saw the resurrected Christ. And they saw that what he said was true. He is risen and that changes everything. This morning I want, I want to leave you with this question and this thought. Who do you say Jesus is? Who do you say he is? I know that there was a time in my life in which I was fearful and I was lost. Then I came to know Jesus and the power of his resurrected and believed in Christ, what he did for me on the cross and realized that he was the son of God. And he gives life in his name. And guess what? When I believed in that, I had hope. I had a future. Is my life perfect? No, it's not. But one day I wait to be with Christ for eternity. I groan for that day. If you believe this morning that he is the son of God, that he came down to earth on a rescue mission to save you, then that changes everything about your life. It's more than just dust. I want to give you the opportunity this morning to follow him, to trust in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Let me summarize the message for you. We are all sinners separated from God. Jesus died for you. The righteous Jesus died for the unrighteous so that he could bring us to God. And he calls you and everybody in here to believe upon him, to place your full trust in Christ for salvation. But you have to receive his gift to receive the gift of salvation saying, I believe upon Christ. I believe that he is the resurrection and the life. I believe what he says is true. I'll be willing to follow him all the days of my life. Here's what's going to happen. In a minute, I'm going to lead you all in a prayer and I'm going to ask you to come. In a minute, as the worship team gets up here, after the prayer, I'm going to ask you to stand. And if the Lord is leading you today to be saved, to say, I want to believe in Christ for salvation. Say, I, I want to profess my faith in Christ for salvation. We want you to come down front.
and talk to some of our leaders that are be down front, ready to receive you, to pray with you, to proclaim your faith in Christ and talk to you about baptism. See, baptism is, is a way that we proclaim our faith in Christ. And if, if you haven't been baptized, you're proclaiming to people the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And now Christ lives in me. It's not no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. And so if you haven't been baptized, I want you to calm down front as well. So are you ready? Are you ready to confess Jesus like Martha and say, yes, Lord, I believe. Or like doubting Thomas and say, my Lord and my God. You see, Jesus is the resurrection of the life. I'm going to ask our pastors to come down front. If you feel led after I pray, please stand. And everybody's going to stand in a minute. And just come down front. Bring somebody with you. Bring somebody next to you if you need to. So let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that you are the resurrection and the life. Father, if you're speaking to those this morning to come and believe upon you, to proclaim their faith in you as Martha did, we pray that they would do that. Father, this is a meaningful moment for many in this room. They're saying, Lord, I place my trust fully in you. I look down and see the shattered pieces of my life. I don't understand them all. I have doubts, but yet I trust in you. I'm placing my faith fully in your hands. My life is yours. Lord, we ask that you would move mightily in this time. We thank you that you are the resurrection of life. In Jesus' name we pray.